Welcome to the Cashflow Guys radio show with your hosts, Tyler Chef and Leo Young. It's time to learn to earn. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys radio show. In today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking about the Cashflow Game, how Tyler and I use the Cashflow Game to get folks educated on real estate, financial services, networking, and above all, finding their investor identity. Stay tuned. Leo and Tyler, coming up next. Welcome, everybody. This is Tyler Chef. We have arrived at episode two of the Cashflow Guys podcast. I'm here with my partner and co-host, Leo Young. Leo? Hey, ladies and gentlemen. Episode two, sunny St. Petersburg, Florida. Wonderful day out there today. Hope you're having a good day uh, listening to us on your podcast. Tyler, what are we going to talk about today? Today, we're going to talk about the Cashflow game. Uh, We're going to talk about why we do it, what it is, uh, how it came about, the whole nine yards. We got a game coming up tomorrow, don't we? We're hosting. Absolutely. Um, talking about the cash flow game, the cash flow game was originally invented by Robert Kiyosaki and his lovely wife, Kim. It was the book, or I'm sorry, it was the game that actually inspired the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I come to find out. They built this board game to increase financial literacy, to have people learn how to invest in real estate. And, uh, the different ways you can learn to invest in real estate and investor identity. We're going to talk about that in today's show. Um, and, of course, when the game came out, they needed a good instruction manual. And Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which for me, and I know for Leo, was a life-changing book. That's how Rich Dad, Poor Dad was born. Oh, if, they, if, if you all out here that are, that are listening to the podcast have not read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you can audio stream it onto your Kindle. You can buy the, I like to buy the hard copy, me personally, because I write notes in the margins, and that's one of my annual rereads. I have several books that I reread once a year um, and kind of dive back into it. I know Tyler and I refer and will be referring to this book um, in future episodes of the podcast, but uh, that book and the board game kind of go hand in hand. And real quick for the listeners out there, uh, this is most people haven't heard of the board game, cash flow board game, and, and you think board game. Tell them a little bit about uh, kind of what inspired it. And, and the big thing, folks, if, if you're listening, think about Monopoly. Remember playing Monopoly as a kid's? You know, with the, with the little greenhouse and the red hotels. It's like that, but imagine it more applicable to real life. And that's, uh, that's really kind of what we're talking about. It's a great, great board game. We, we use it uh, as an instructional tool, Tyler and I. Absolutely. What I love about the game is the different elements of real estate and just general investing and, and personal finance that you learn. You know, I, I even to this day, my wife and I, Jill, we still use the income statement as our normal way of checking our math and checking our finances, knowing where we are from month to month. And, uh, you know, every time that passive income column stays the same for more than one month and my wife gives me a silly look and I got to go out and buy another cash flowing yeah, asset. You better, so you better get to work. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> keeps me accountable. Um, but it's a great teaching tool, investing overall, you know, putting your money to work instead of uh, you working for it. That's a, a huge takeaway that I got from it. And a lot of our players got, got get from it as well. And the most interesting transition that I see in players is when they start to understand the concept of wholesaling in the game. You know, they, they, people trip over opportunities every day, and until they come to the game, most of them don't realize how they can monetize those opportunities, and, and wholesaling is a great venue for that. 
That's a hundred percent right. It, it, it's kind of funny. We have to, especially for new players, we have to stop them a lot. For example, if they draw a small deal card, and, and, and a little bit later on in the show, folks, we'll go over some of these small deals, big deals, kind of how to play the game. But they pull a card, and let's say it's a small deal, and the small deal may say it's a three bed, two bath house. The rents are this. It sells for that. That kind of thing. Well, they will immediately think, "Do I want to buy it, or do I not want to buy it?" And that's pretty natural. That's what people do in real life. Do I want this investment? Do the numbers make sense or do I not want it? But here's what they leave out. They can wholesale that. Wholesaling is basically middlemanning that, taking that opportunity that you have that you may not want, and then selling the opportunity to somebody else in the game that may want it, that may fit their financial profile better than it fits yours. Right, Tyler? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, wholesale transactions come into play a lot of times when you're out negotiating and you may find a deal that while you're negotiating, it doesn't, you can't quite get it to where you would want it to be or to make sense for your investing numbers. You know, I'm very conservative by nature as an investor. I, I need to get to certain price points and certain cash on cash returns. And if I can't get there, but I can still negotiate a good deal or a great deal for most people, then, you know, I'll go ahead and put that under contract and see if I can reassign that contract to somebody else who can make that. A, it'll be a home run for them. It just doesn't necessarily fit my investor identity. Absolutely. It's uh, it's important to look at opportunities as opportunities. They may not be just a monoline buy and sell, just like out in the real world. You might be able to, real world, excuse me, you might be able to move that uh, investment to somebody where it makes a lot more sense. Who knows? Absolutely. And we'll talk a little bit about stocks and bonds. To me, it's another very important tool in the game. And what you'll hear Leo and I say over and over again in the cash flow game is use what you have to get what you need to accomplish what you want. we got to put that on T-shirts at some point. Well, we can't because I stole that from Peter Fortunato. That's oh, his thing. That's Fortunato's? So, yeah, that's Pete Fortunato's. And a shout out to Pete. And thank you for teaching me that. I took his paper course last year and it was life-changing experience. He's a great, great educator and brilliant investor. And when he said that to me, nothing more has ever rung more true. Honestly, it's i uh, I'm going to say it again. For those of you that didn't catch it the first time you use what you have. Okay. We'll stop right there for a second. Use what you have. You have an idea. You have your brain, you have thoughts, you have a deal opportunity, you have negotiating skills, or you just have money to get what you need. And you determine what it is that you need. I need a duplex. Because I want cash flowing income. I want I want positive cash flow. So you figure out a way to get a deal and using what you have, your negotiating skills, let's say, to lock down that duplex to get what you need, to get what you want. There Think you about go. that for a second. Yeah. What I want is not to have to punch a clock every day and and that's exactly what, like you and Leo, you and I especially, that's exactly what we've done is we don't have to punch that clock anymore. That, yeah, that's kind of the point. So I examining first, you know, where you need to be. Do you want to leave your job? Do you want to start a new career? Do you want to be a full-time investor? Do you just want supplemental income? Um, are you not a network marketing kind of person? Does real estate make a little, little better sense? And, and the game kind of starts with that to figure out your investor identity and being able to find those deals, determine what they're worth to you and what you want, and then using your skill sets, your ability to raise money, bring money to the table. Maybe you're a handyman, so it's sweat equity kind of stuff. Um, whatever that may be, but right. using what you have to get what you need to get what you want. I mean, that's the name of the game. In the cash flow game and in real life, stocks and, and indexed 
uh, investments are a, huge, a great tool to build your cash reserves so that you can take advantage of certain investment opportunities. And a good example of that is in the game we say, MYT for you stocks. Um, I'm going to buy it today at a dollar, and I'm going to buy a thousand shares at a dollar a share. That gives me that's a thousand dollars. I've got I don't know twenty five hundred dollars in cash sitting on the table in front of me. I'll invest maybe a thousand towards those shares, and I'll wait for them to get to ten. So if I bought them for a dollar a share and I sell them for ten dollars a share, I make a nine thousand dollar profit. That's pretty healthy. That's strong. That way you can leverage that cash and leverage that stock market opportunity to get into other deals that are maybe a little bit more stable. Maybe you're not a, a you know, a stock market guy. Maybe you play in a little bit. Maybe you're heavy stocks. You know, who knows? But the the teaching of the game, the, the primary thread that runs through the game is passive income. Income that you don't have to, I don't want to say you don't have to work for, but you can sleep in, you can get up on the weekends, you can go fishing. It doesn't matter. Those rents still get paid. So it teaches you how to use the stock market, not exclusively, but as a tool to get a little bit better uh, cash flow, I'm sorry, liquidity, so you can start purchasing uh, businesses, rental income properties, and things like that. Speculation is another tool that we teach in the cash flow game. And to help people get an idea of what goes on in the real estate market. For example, you, you know, you see, let's say a house that's on the market for $100,000 and it's in an up and coming neighborhood. Let's talk about maybe the Kenwood neighborhood in St. Petersburg. You know, a speculation play, you would have been able to buy those houses for 50, 60,000 not too long ago. And now you see those houses selling for two, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000. Absolutely. With very little work. It's a minor restoration work here and there. It's just, it's in a neighborhood that everybody wants to be in. You start looking at market indicators like is there a Starbucks nearby? Is there uh, medical facilities that were, you know, a concentration of attorneys and things like that where those are going to in- increase the desirability of a neighborhood? Ingress, egress, uh, a new mall coming in, you know, all kinds of stuff like that that could uh, take that. What we talk about a lot is at the upside. Absolutely. Take that value of the property and drive that value of the property up. Now, that speculation deal may not have cash flow at the moment. Absolutely not. I mean, in some cases, you'll see uh, deal cards come up that the cash flow on that is a negative $100. And a lot of players go, I don't want that because I'm going to lose $100 a month. And the question I ask him is, how much did you put into the deal? Well, the down payment says zero or it says, I don't know, $1,000, something like that. So it's going to cost you $100 a month. And in the purpose of the game, that's a payday to hold on to this opportunity. So you're holding costs, something that a rehabber does by nature is they have holding costs. They buy a piece of real estate and they have a, a period of time where they have to renovate it, reposition it, and then then flip it to uh, the end user. That replicates real life and they you know a lot of missed opportunities. So we try to walk people through those opportunities so they can see different perspectives, different views on each opportunity as it comes up. You get out of the comfort zone just a little bit, and folks will get stuck in, okay, I just want to buy rental houses or, you know, whatever. Well, let's look at everything and do the math. And uh, when we come back from break, folks, we're going to talk a little bit more about using math and not using money. Stay tuned. We're the Cashflow Guys. Future Home Realty is a proud sponsor of the Cashflow Guys podcast. Our philosophy is to provide our agents with the best education in the industry matched with an aggressive compensation plan that makes sense for you. Future home agents make more because they keep more, a lot more. If you are a licensed agent and you're trapped by a compensation plan that is not in your favor, give us a call at 727-417-9696. That's 727 727- 
417-916-9696. Today is the day to take control of your career and your checkbook. Welcome back to episode two of the Cashflow Guys podcast. And I just wanted to just give you a brief little bit of information. If you have questions about what we're doing, what we're saying, want to learn more about the cash flow game or reach out to myself, this Tyler or Leo, you can always reach us via our website at cashflowguys.com. We've got some pretty good educational videos and we're constantly adding new content, new information to that website to educate the public. A little bit of consumer advocacy going on. We're going to have links to some of our sponsors and uh, uh, industry partners on there as well. So if you want to know who the cash flow guys deal with on a regular basis, kind of get an idea of who we are, what we do, and who we trust, there's a good place to get it, cashflowguys.com. So at this point, we're going to talk about what's in it for you. What's in it for the player? When you come to the cash flow game, what's in it? That's Yeah, that's always kind of the thing. And, and inevitably, when somebody comes for the first time to the cash flow games, they're terrified. They're scared. Uh, they don't quite know what it's about. It's not really super, super mainstream. There's not a lot of information. That's why we've dedicated this podcast to explaining you know, what it is and how we use it. In fact, we had uh, some folks come several months back, and they thought they were coming to a network marketing event. And they, you know, it's going, yeah. oh, no, no, no. And just, you know, and it's hard to explain that in content. So it's a little easier on a podcast, or um, you'll have some videos that are on our website, actually, where they're going over deals, and it's actually shot during games, so you can see exactly what it looks like in action. But they get really, <laughs> they're kind of overwhelmed. And boy, when they walk out, you know, they come in scared and they walk out excited. They walk out fired up. Absolutely. And that's, that's our job. You know, we, the reason why we're doing this is we want to educate people. And we, you know, when we're out there selling, buying real estate for ourselves or for other people, because as we, as you heard in episode one, we are both licensed real estate agents and Leo courses, insurance, uh, is in the insurance industry as well. You know, the best client, the best customer we can have as practitioners are educated ones. So we're not necessarily there to earn your business, so to speak. We want to educate you and just make things easier, make the transact the transactions and the transition into real estate investing or into the retail side of things, buying and selling a house. We're going to talk about doing some seminars coming up or first-time buyer programs and, and home buyer assistants and home sellers and you know, we want to educate the marketplace. That's uh, that's what we do best, and you know, creating that safe zone. And uh, Leo, I want you to talk a little bit about the safe zone that we that we created our games and the importance there. Yeah, actually, to that point, the one thing that we stress, uh, and it's an understood theme through each each one of the games that we run, is it's a safe zone for new people to come to, and of course, for the people that show up consistently, it's a safe zone for them too. Meaning. Um, this is not a place to sell your goods and services. We have lenders that come and participate in the games. We have real estate agents. We've got regular you know, business owners, normal, regular folks, you, uh, folks of all walks of life. This is not a sales venue. Um, there are other network marketing events that I've attended and, you know, hosted for that very reason. You get five minutes, pitch your product, pitch your service, sit down, network, go from there. That's not what this is. This is a learning environment wrapped around 
a fun, interactive board game. And my education is actually in education. And, um, Tyler, I'm going to hand it back to you in just a second, talk a little bit about the cone of learning and Bloom's taxonomy and stuff like that, some educational models that we have driven our lesson plans. And I don't want it to sound like it's some kind of a big you know, college course or anything like that. It's not that. It's fun. It's interactive. Yeah, far from it. And it's very, very hands-on. But when you're in the act of learning and doing at the same time, your level of retention is significantly higher. Absolutely. Yeah, that brings me to the explanation of the cone of learning. And, you know, I can explain it audibly, but it's better to come see it live at the game and just to see how it works. And, you know, think of the cone of learning as a pyramid. And you an inverted pyramid rather, and we retain after two weeks, and and researchers have studied this, we retain only about 10% of what we see and about 20% of what we hear. But about 90% of what we see, hear, and do, and, and do being the key word, taking that forward action, actually doing it, counting out the money, doing the income statement, breaking down the deals, analyzing the deals. These are action actions that uh, are used to help keep that information fresh. And that's why people, I think that's why people keep coming back. And that's what they're telling us. They keep coming back because they get to practice they get to negotiate as they would on the street, but in a safe environment to where they really can't make any mistakes. They can't get hurt. Yeah. You're not using your own money. You're Absolutely. not using family money, any of that. You're using Robert Kiyosaki's play money that we, you know, divvy out during the games. And, um, any, if, if you're listening to this podcast, think back to a teacher that you had in college, high school, or whatever, your favorite teacher. I will bet you that they were highly interactive. They use what we call in education a multidisciplinary system, which means you're engaged in doing something, tactile learning. You're moving, you're standing up, you're writing, you're uh, listening, you're participating, small group, large group. And imagine that in an environment where you're doing that with other like-minded people, learning about investments. And and what ends up happening is you start drawing on experiences that you're either having right now, you have had in the past, or you want to have in the future. For example, I'll go back again. A deal car gets pulled, three-bed, two-bath house. It's $500 down. Cash flows $100 a month. Every time this game happens, and we put these on all the way from Tampa to Tallahassee, um, you have these conversations with people. It's like, oh, I, I had this very thing happen. You know, this this is a deal that I passed up on. Absolutely. You know, two years ago. Or this is exactly what I'm looking for or whatever. So you get to really practice. And, of course, as the game's going on, we're teaching individually, not just as a group, but individually working with these folks and learning more about how to structure that deal to make it right for them. And it's a great way, uh, a real safe way to – you know, to do that, to really learn by doing. Absolutely. You know, and the other thing I enjoy is you're around like-minded folks, other people that want to learn. People come there because they want to learn, but the learning curve with real estate is huge or investing in general. It's huge. I mean, you know, you watch those movies about Wall Street and they're, they're talking all these fancy terms and they've got the guys, the traders down there on the floor. And I couldn't imagine being in that environment or being that stockbroker sitting behind a desk. And I know, Leo, you have a, had a Series 7 license and you were a stockbroker. A thousand for a years while. ago. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, Never did much with it, but it was there. You know, for me, until I started playing the cash flow game, I would quickly tell you I'd know nothing about stocks. Now, granted, <laughs> I am still not a stock pro, but at least I understand the concept of how it works. 
and I feel that I could go in and do the research now because I've, I've done that practice in the game. Well, what about the stock and how's it been performing lately? And, and when lately, I mean in the, in the course of the game, well, I realized that it tanked three turns ago, but it's now up to 10 and its ceiling is 50 and maybe it's going to go higher. So maybe I should buy at 10 and then see what happens. But here's the cool thing. If it tanks, okay, I get to get up from the game at the end of the night and go home and my checking account balance is still the same. Yeah, it's a soft lesson, not a hard lesson. Yeah, I've learned a lot, a lot of hard lessons in life. But I'm trying to get, trying to get away from the hard lessons. So yeah, and it's especially on the stock stuff. And we talk a little bit about dollar cost averaging and how to buy them and things like that. And and they're just great conversations that come up, folks. What we're going to do is take a little break right now. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the cash flow game. And what we're going to do is pull some deal cards and really kind of go through a few. So stay tuned. This is the Cash Flow Guys. Located in Tampa, Florida, Insured Title Agency, ITA, is an independent title agency providing full title and closing services in 47 states. When choosing a title company, be sure they're underwritten by a solid title insurance company. The policy that insures your home ownership is an important one, so consider the source. ITA is underwritten by two of the largest and most sought-after underwriters, Stewart Title and Commonwealth Land Title. ITA has been underwritten by both of these companies since our inception in 2006. Every client who chooses ITA does so because of our excellent service, rather than because they were steered in our direction because of an ownership interest or some other shady agreement. We're absolutely confident that our clients see the difference every time they work with us. When you're ready to close your next real estate transaction, give Insured Title a call at 813-855- 3585. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Cashflow Guys Podcast. Tyler Chef is my partner. I'm Leo Young. Thanks for listening. We uh, were just talking a little bit of, uh, a little bit ago about the uh, the cash flow game and how we use it as the Cashflow Guys to uh, help folks understand a little bit more about investing and real estate, transacting deals, wholesaling deals, holding paper, you name it. We, uh, we're going to bring it a little bit forward. We're actually going to talk a little bit about actual gameplay itself, how the game works, uh, the object of the game, what your expectations are, and how you can use it to better your understanding of your investor identity and uh, really use it as a great tool for, uh, for yourself and your family and, and your network and sphere of influence on growing your passive income to get out of the rat race. And Tyler, uh, tell the folks a little bit about how you play the game. What do we do? Well, we start in the rat race, which is exact replication of real life, everyday life. We start out Getting up every day, we go to work, we come home on Friday, we get paid, we pay our bills, we got a little bit of money left over. If we're lucky, we if get, we're lucky. We get month at the end of the money or in money at the end of the month. Or, right, and then next week, Monday morning, we get to go ahead and do the same thing all over and over again. It's like being a rat or a hamster on a wheel. You just keep running around doing the same thing, rinse and repeat over and over again. And Robert talks a lot in his book about that being active income where you have to have to actively participate you have to go to a job put in the hours trade time for money if you stop going in to that job what happens <laughs> the money stops the money stops that you have to actively participate to earn the money and that's um that's the rat race absolutely and the fast track is designed for those that are able to escape the rat race and when you come we, we teach you how to do that in the game and you know you do that by building your passive income something that 
probably 95% or 99% of Americans do not have. We teach you how to build passive income, income that comes in organically. You don't want to work for it until the point it exceeds your expenses. And once that happens, you enter into the fast track. The fast track is designed to show how the wealthy live and play. And I know a lot of people go, oh, the wealthy, all they do is... You know, they, 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 they steal from the poor and this, that, and the other. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's usually said by people who aren't wealthy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> My broke brother-in-law will tell you how to make a million dollars. Absolutely. And probably does his own taxes as well. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, but the fast track is, to, is set up to replicate accredited investors. And, you know, accreditation came out in, the, I believe it was the 30s. The government decided that they wanted to protect Americans by limiting certain types of investments, uh, riskier investments from the average person to protect them. And I and I, I see their point. To be an accredited investor, just I'll sidebar for just a second, your net worth has to be, income needs to be at $250,000 a year if single or $300,000 a year uh, if married or greater. And your net worth needs to exceed $1 million. And that basically means that once you've been accredited, you can invest in some of the stuff that's a little riskier, like larger businesses and IPOs and uh, oil and gas futures, things like that. That's where your Donald Trump's of the world. And well, Robert Kiyosaki, that's where he plays. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, risk your moves, but the profit margins are through the roof. So on the fast track, you'll get the opportunity to experience that. And that's the cool thing about it. And that has a lot to do with buying businesses, investing in businesses and things like infomercials and TV media, advanced insurance, uh, investments and things like that, insurance and financial-backed investments. Um, and then uh, we go on to the financial statement, which Leo being our financial analyst of the group here, we're going to have Leo talk about the financial statement and how that's important. Yeah, and as the game is played, folks, it's kind of it's real simple now. Um, remember, this is an environment where you're, you're also learning. You're not just playing a game. It's not cartoony. We make it fun. But uh, the idea is to get out of the rat race and get into that accredited investor area we call the fast track. And in order to do so, you need to think like an accredited investor while you're in the rat race. You need to think like you are wealthy. And those guys that are accredited investors, take this, write this down. They think in math. They don't think in money. They think in math, not money. Money makes people funny. Money makes you do things that are kind of silly. If you think in math, you get a better chance. And the way we teach people about that is their financial statement. So when you come to the game, sit down, pick a piece, you get a card that's your profession, doctor, lawyer, bus driver, janitor, and that has financial information that you'll transfer onto an 8.5 by 11 sheet of paper that's income and all kinds of stuff like that. And that's your financial statement, your personal financial statement. And we work from that to build that passive income to get you out of the rat race. It seems a little tedious at first, but it is very important because we got to work in math and we can't think in money. That's the big thing. So what we're going to do is transition right now. Tyler, we got some cards out here. Let's uh, let's let's do some cards for the folks. Let's talk about those doodads. What's a doodad? Doodads. Doodads used to be my favorite thing in the world. and Well, actually, they still are my favorite thing in the world. I just don't buy them as often. Or at least now when I do, I've got a cash flowing asset to pay for them. Well, we know the impact of them. Well, yeah, and that's my wife's rule. If I buy a doodad, I first have to go find a cash flowing asset to pay for it. So <laughs> Somebody else better be paying for it. Yeah, I'm, I've been a believer in, you know, I had a big fancy truck and I sold that and because I wanted, didn't, I got tired of making payments, and I bought a little uh, used car and didn't have any payments, paid cash for it, and been nursing it along for a while. 
because I'm not a big believer in car payments, and now my car is acting up, and my wife's like, looks like someone needs to go buy an apartment building. You better you go buy an Aplex. <laughs> <laughs> but getting back to the subject, doodads are things that come up in everyday life. Some of them are impulse purchases, and some of them are just the necessities that you can't get around. I've got two doodad cards here in front of me. One of them is like repaint a house in the game. Repaint your house. It's required. Let's say code enforcement comes by and says, you can't have painting, paint, peeling paint on your house. I can't talk today. Uh, cost you $600. So if in the game, you would have to fess up $600 to pay to have your house painted. And you're rolling in, you're rolling dice. You're going around the rat race, Absolutely. collecting paychecks, and landing on spaces where you pull different cards. Doodad cards are things you have to pay for. Absolutely. I've got another one here that says, car needs tires. That's close for me. i got new tires, but I need a couple other things on my car, which I'm just going to go ahead and buy an apartment building that will make those car payments for me so I don't have to worry about it. There you go. But uh, market cards is the next thing I want to cover real quick, and I want to have Leo, uh, I want you to talk about the market cards and what that means to the players when they pull those. Yeah, you get different cards out here. The blue ones are the market cards, and these are the, we love it when the market cards comes up because that usually indicates that the market is shifting, and most of the time in the game, the way it's designed is it's shifting in a positive manner. I'm going to read you a couple right here. Um, a Plex buyer. Obviously, duplex all the way to eightplex, quadruplex, whatever. De- uh, plex buyer is offered $35,000 per unit. And I'm not going to read everything, but if someone lands, if Tyler's rolling and his um, piece lands on a market card, it's pulled for the entire board to play off of. So if you have a couple of quadruplexes or whatever, you've got a buyer in that will pay you for those plexus if you want to sell. Here's another one. A builder wants land. So some of the speculation deals, which we talked about in uh, this podcast about speculating on some deals, there's instances where it'll come up to buy raw land, and some people want it, some people don't, and this market card comes up where a builder wants to buy the land to develop into a subdivision. He's going to pay you a lot of money for it. Small business improves. Here's another one. Small business you founded won an industry award for its product innovation. So this... When this card comes up, if you own a small business, you get to change that business and, and gain that windfall or that um, be able to sell it or you know whatever the case may be on that market card. Um, these don't come up quite as much as small deals and big deals. Those come up a lot. Now, Tyler's got over on his side of the uh, table there some big deal cards. Tyler, Tyler, take the folks through some big deals. Big deals are my favorite. Big deals are just that. Deals that generally start with a down payment above 5000 uh, for the more sophisticated investors, people that have more cash in the game laying around. They're still in the rat race, of course, but they're going to use these bigger deals to get out faster. So here's an example uh, in the game. We're going to have an eightplex. Professional person urgently needs cash to save the partnership. Aplex sale to raise capital. Good opportunity for the right person. Uses herself or sell to other players. 64% ROI. Return on investment. Investment, absolutely. The may sell from between 200000 to 280000 And what's important here is the cost on the deal is 160000 And you get top end right there already. Right. So if you're looking at appreciation um, of the game or upside, your cost, your basis is 160000 you're, you may sell it for a minimum of two hundred, so you're pretty much guaranteed a forty thousand dollar return. But here's the thing that excites me: the cash flow is seventeen hundred dollars a month. So if you're a janitor or, or a teacher or a police officer or you know middle class citizen, and you can come up with a thirty two thousand dollar down payment, which I know people that have thirty forty thousand dollar a year incomes, but they've got that kind of money sitting in their retirement account doing nothing. 
they can mm-hmm. convert that money into a self-directed IRA by this Aplex. That's going to grow their IRA by $1,700 a month. And I know I drifted off there a little bit, but $32,000 down payment yields you a cash flow of $1,700 a month. And in the game, you know, like I said, when you're doing your math, that's, that's great cash flow for whatever occupation you may pull, janitor, teacher, police, you know, whatever it may be. That's still good juice. Absolutely. And if you think about it, you know, people think, well, I don't have $32,000. Well, granted, the way this is set up is there's a $128,000 mortgage built into this. But we can show you how to raise capital for that down payment, a portion of it, or you know, some of it, or all of it, or whatever, to where let's say, you, let's say you don't have the money to come up with a down now, but let's say if you borrowed thirty thousand of it, use two thousand of your own cash, but you're gonna take care of it, and and you've got a team put together, and we'll teach you how to do that as well. You know, as an investor, I would invest in this deal passively. I would, if I had somebody that I felt was qualified to manage this Aplex. And, you know, manage the investment as a whole, you know, I might come up with 30000 to loan them for a short period of time. I don't know, two, five years, whatever. Absolutely. In exchange for their cash flow until it was paid off. Because by the time when I'm paid off, then they own it. They don't have to worry about the down payment anymore. It's already taken care of. And now they realize the $1,700 cash flow. Right. Or even give away the upside. Exactly. You want to take more on the cash flow and give away the upside. Absolutely. One other quick example before we end our show here is uh, the pizza franchise for sale. Here's a big one, $100,000 down payment, but it yields you a $5,000 a month cash flow. Now, these happen in real life all the time. It's a $400,000 or $500,000 acquisition, but you're only putting $100,000 down. And I say only, and I know our listeners are probably going only, Tyler, uh, <laughs> $100,000. But again, like in the previous example, use what you have to get what you need to accomplish what you want. If you want to own a pizza franchise, there's ways of working that out. That sounds like a great partnership deal where maybe you, you're you a janitor and another player is an airline pilot that's got lots of cash. Absolutely. And maybe you want to partner and give that uh, that person the uh, you know the amortization part of it. You take the cash flow, split it, put a little in, and then use a third party as the bank coming in. So, well, folks, uh, that's going to do it for episode two of the Cash Flow Guys. We're talking today about the Cash Flow Game, how we use it, and why you really ought to go to our website, CashflowGuys.com, and book a game and talk to Tyler and, and Leo in person to see if we have a game going on in your area. It's a great, great networking opportunity. Remember, it's a safe zone and a huge learning environment for you. Hopefully, you turn in, tune in to our next. Uh, podcast. This is Leo Young and Tyler Schiff. We are the Cash Flow Guys.